shows us science have shown a great light on us all. I envy the path of your shadow that offers a wondrous call where promises lead us to ruin. A kiss can drive you to your grave. We leap off the edge of tomorrow and sink to the depths of today. Welcome to Too Stupid to Know I Can't. I'm Roger Nottestad here at the drum shop in Tulsa, Oklahoma. In this episode, we get to talk to Davis Douglas of Didario, makers of Evans Drumheads, Promark Drumsticks, Pure Sound Wires, Real Feel Practice Pads, a guitar strings, guitar straps, string winders. They have their own cable system now. They also make American Stage Cables, which are my personal favorites. And we end up talking a bit about Daddario's philosophies, their mindset, why they do what they do, why almost 90% of their products are made in the United States. We also get a chance to discuss the UV1 heads and the soon-to-be-released new UV2 heads, which are going to be absolutely fantastic, and I'm super stoked to see those. Additionally, we talk a little bit about Pure Sound wires and why the Custom Pro really kind of set the standard for their new batch of wires after moving production from California to New York. And it's just a good time. We learn a little bit about Davis, we talk about some tuning techniques, and we just kind of get into some of the nitty gritty about drumming and how different it is to each player and yet how similar it is. We hope you enjoy this episode of Too Stupid to Know That I Can't and let's get to it. So Davis, welcome to Too Stupid to Know I Can't. Uh, very, very glad that you made some time to be on today's podcast. It is my pleasure, Roger. Whew, I love that word, pleasure. So you guys have some new products coming out. One, one that I've been waiting for since you released it, its first version last year. And uh, a lot of people don't know that there are actual people behind the products. They just know that the products show up at retailers' doorsteps and we move on. But you've been our rep now a few years our inside rep and we've been really glad to have you and you've been super, super valuable to us as a retailer on multiple fronts. And for that, I can't thank you enough, but I want to touch on also, you're actually a drummer. You're not just an inside sales rep. You, you actually have some chops. You've got some skills, you have experience in bands. Tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about kind of where you where you were and how you ended up maybe at, at Daddario. Okay. Well, I'll try to make it as concise yet informative. Um, I grew up in Northern Virginia in Fairfax County, just outside of Washington, DC. And I got an affinity for music and the drums around 1984, which means that I'm playing for about 35 years. And like a lot of kids, you get into the classic rock scene, you know, Rush, Duran Duran, which was new wave at the time. Just you know, we're sucking it all up. And uh, sports and karate kind of went out the window at that point once you get the drum bug and become all focused on it. And performed throughout high school with as many as ensembles like the muster with the marching band, jazz band, the orchestra and a chorus playing with friends after school, more of the rock scene. And took that way all the way through graduation. And I attended James Madison University in Harrisonburg, Virginia, which has a very notable music program uh, that's known around the country, let alone the state of Virginia. 
very large music program. Again, took as many courses as I could, uh, but also took courses in marketing and accounting and basically music industry focused um, music production, music licensing, music merchandising, everything. And I was fortunate to do my internship with uh, the Yamaha Drums and Orchestra Division, which at the time was stationed up in Grand, Grand Rapids, Michigan. So that became my first experience of working with a product company. It was about marketing, product development, analyzing the competition, all those factors. And then packed up after graduation and lived in Tampa, Florida for about six, seven years. Worked at various music stores, played a lot of shows. Actually made a full line living playing drums for about three years, which, um, you know, when you're very young and don't think about things like insurance or long-term coverage, things like that, you know, you can take advantage of the game of, uh, you know, living the highlight for a while. Then got the feel to try something different. I moved to New York City in 1998. I worked at the Sam Ash store in Brooklyn for a while, which was probably the most eclectic mix of customers you can possibly imagine in one retail store. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean well, t tell us a little bit about that, because we like here in Tulsa, we have a handful. We have one big box store, but we've got several different music stores, full line stores. There are two drum shops and just kind of a mishmash of retailers what when you say you're just your client base was kind of crazy tell, tell us a little bit about that well you know brooklyn is as a mix of people as you can possibly imagine anywhere connected to a very small area and i felt the same thing about the brooklyn store is that it was not a large store by any means but we had a lot of gear the drum department was downstairs at the time i was there so you didn't know what time of day it was when you were working and when I'm trying to talk about a clientele, I'm talking everything from Orthodox Hasidic Jews to hip hoppers coming in to the beginning of hipsters coming up in the area around that time to, you know, Wall Street brokers who also happen to live in Brooklyn, like to play guitar, play drums. So you're just talking about a real mix of people coming in. And it was always a wonderful thing to witness to where. Two people who you look would have nothing in common are both raving about some drummer or some guitar player or some band. And it was, you know, it's a learning experience of how to deal with many different kinds of people in a positive manner. Um, and then I moved to the Sandmatch corporate office where I was a purchasing agent, uh, product manager for a short period, different, different duties. And I came to D'Addario in 2009 as an account rep, which I am, you know, have been since then. Mm -hmm. And as you know, D'Addario is the world's largest manufacturer of guitar strings, um, orchestral strings. We also manufacture, obviously. We own the Rico Woodwind Reed brand. Um, and also, as you know, Evans Drumheads, which was purchased in 95, I believe. Mm -hmm. Also, Petersdown Snare Wires, um, Promark Sticks, which we've had for, I think, 2011, 2012. That was acquisition on 100%. So it's a very large music accessory company. So although I love speaking to you and talking drum gear all the time, I have a lot of customers who they focus on guitar strings, or they focus on guitar straps, guitar cables. So I have to have a familiarity with everything. But my heart and soul are always with the drum box. It, it's amazing that a company in New York houses so many amazing brands and product lines. And, and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't 
Daddario's philosophy over overall is you know made in the USA? Like, is is that if you were to say that out of a hundred percent of the products, would you say that maybe ninety percent are all stateside made, or more, or less? Yeah, I would probably say eighty to eighty-five percent because you have to look at it in some fashion. For example, the the reeds that we make under the Rico line in Daddario Woodwinds. Uh, obviously, the, the cutting and the shaving, everything is done at our facilities here in America. But we mm-hmm. get the cane from Argentina and France. You know, it's, it can't, you get materials from everywhere. And we do have, obviously, some electronic products are made overseas. But Evans Drumheads, Promark Sticks, all the strings we make are all American-made. And we do have some accessories, uh, some string winders, some humidification products that are stamped with approval right there in the packaging made in the USA. And that that really... You know, it holds clout a lot of people, and I'm proud to say that. It's, I've, I've made the statement over the years that a country that was responsible for the industrial age now consumes, by and large, more than it produces. And that blows me away. So to see a company like Daddario making so many products locally... Because I and in your cohort in crime uh, that I worked with before you, John, he made mention that he told me just out of the blue, he's like, he's like, you know, you wouldn't believe that we even make our string winders just down the street. Well, like, there's yeah, well, there's not a guitar string winder store you can go to. You yeah. know, I mean, you have to you have to build. If we want to make a new string that would require uh, new machinery to make it the way that we want it, we have to. The machine. That's just cool. Like yes, I, I love the fact that you guys have so many made in America products. And and you'll have to again correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys also don't offer any type of overseas drumhead of any kind. Is that is that true, or is there still kind of a an OEM branded, or is that? Yeah, I would probably say that you're probably on the right track. But in terms of what they would see in your store or other drum shops around this nation, it's all made in Farmingdale. That's in terms of what you, if you're purchasing an Evans drum head that comes in our Evans box and has the Evans logo on there, it's uh, you know, proud to say it's made right right less than uh, you know, quarter mile from where I sit every day. God, so awesome. I just I, it it makes me want to use more of Dodario's products. I mean, you guys are are. I would say out of our <clears throat> accessories line, <clears throat> what I consider perishables, <clears throat> Daddario featuring Evans Promark Pure Sound, you're hands down our leader. Uh, I would say that we sell easily, easily and comfortably five to one over Remo and at least seven or eight to one, maybe even 10 to one over Aquarian. And is it because I'm a big Evans proponent or is it because when you see the technology and you kind of get a good understanding of it, it just makes more sense? I, I would say it's a combination of those. I think the expeditious nature with which we also get Dodario products makes a big difference. We're able to take care of our customers faster. You know, we're able to go directly to the source. Um, and it, And for us, that makes a big difference. And you guys work diligently at making sure you have 
what we need when we need it. Because I, I can think of maybe a handful of times over the past four years that you guys were out of something. Like, it just doesn't doesn't normally happen. And it's something, Well, it's something we strive for every day, Roger. That's, that's a rarity. You know, yeah, we you, just, and, and, and feeling the passion that I appreciate you having for our company, our suppliers to you, and our support to you, I, I really feel that you translate that enthusiasm to your customers to let them know what you recommend and why you recommend it. So I thank you for your support in that. Oh, well, it's, it's mutually beneficial in my opinion. You, we, like this store really doesn't sell anything that we don't believe in. Uh, you know, the big, like, I'll, I'll give you a great example. I am not a believer that a kick port makes a hill of beans difference on a drum. And side-by-siding them through a PA under as controlled conditions as we can put them. Yeah. I just, eh, no. So I just, I just don't carry it. Like literally same thing with uh, big fat snare drums. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't believe that that's a good fix. I don't believe it's, I mean, it's $30. Like, just flip over a drum head if you want that sound or like, just buy the right drum with the right and put the right drum heads on it and put the right tuning on it and you'll accomplish that. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I have a hard time selling things I don't believe in and it's why we just don't do it. Um, well, with, with both the Evans and the Promark line, Roger, I, I really feel that we offer such a variety is that you can find the sound you want. Absolutely. Something's going to work. You know, I mean, we're, we're constantly, being, you know, coming out with new product, as we'll discuss later. But even in the current product line, uh, your customers or anyone you come in contact, they're going to find something in the line that's going to work for them. I'm very confident with that. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And, and we've discussed, you and I have discussed ad nauseum just drumhead technology, bearing bearing edge technology, and how some things aren't always 100% fit, but within the given given circumstances, just under 100% of the time, there's a way to, to do the right thing. And that, that to me is super critical because I, we preach a lot. Do not try to put a square peg in a round hole. Just mm-hmm. stop with the insanity. Like, why put yourselves through that? Why, 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 why do that to yourself? But we're also the ones that won't sell a client a product that doesn't make sense. And I think that's, that's also a big differentiating factor, which is why I think we do so well with Evans, because there is a solution at any given time with a drum head. Mm-hmm. And I may not agree with some people's decisions, but at the end of the day, we're going to educate to the best of our ability, and hopefully they take from that what they will and make a good decision. When you're, when you're dealing with different parts of the country, do you run into products that do better in one locale versus another? Like, do you see, I don't know, take a given area that a hydraulic head does way better than any other drum head or does this product do better? Do you see like demographic changes for products and categories? No, not, not in the percussion brands because we're talking about Mylar, you know, engineering. Uh, we're not making real calfskin heads to where you're going to have the humidity problems you would have had maybe 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. 
Um, there are other brands such as the Reed brand where you do see, for example, more human countries down south or, you know, states or, or countries really gravitate towards our plastic cover reeds to, you know, to help with humidity issues, mm -hmm. uh, which is kind of a no brainer when you think about it. But with the percussion lines, pure sound snare wires, head sticks, I do, I don't see anything. You That's know, interesting. Just, yeah. It's, 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 um, I, I mean, in my experience, no. Proud to say. It? I mean, I can't speak for, you know, global sales uh, of why there might be gravitation towards it, but um, it seems to be pretty consistent. Wow. That's that's kind of crazy. Now, do you see do you see anything different? Uh, let's go out. Let's step outside of the drum line uh, in guitar strings or uh, like, do you see a certain type of cable? Because in my opinion, your American stage cables. They through my experience with them and now it's the only i mean it's been the only cable we offer in our shop that american stage cable is unbelievable but do you, it's a good product holy mackerel i mean it's i i can't say enough good stuff about it and i was admittedly i was a monster guy for a long long time but once i made the switch it's it's hard for me to imagine why anybody would buy any other cable. Yeah, it's it's well, you know, when it comes to the only people I think that are more opinionated than drummers are guitar players. Okay. Okay. So there could be a Roger who runs a guitar shop somewhere, and if that person develops an affinity. And, and they, it might not even be something they sell the most of, but it's the one they personally care a lot about. They're going to keep pushing that. Yeah. And a, a lot of my role is to make sure that my customers like yourself know what we offer, you know, what the, com what the company's bringing out. And obviously I can, I can let you know what, what seems to be doing, you know, good, good rave reviews coming in. Obviously I know you're going to make your own opinion based on what you see and feel and hear. But um, I mean, music store owners come in all shapes and sizes too, just like your customers. Do you find that in dealing with some of your, what I would consider maybe legacy stores, stores that have been around, drum shops in particular now, 20, 30, 40 years old, they kind of lean towards a certain product group from Evans. Like a, they, they really kind of gravitate towards this. They don't really step out of that norm or do you find that drummers in particular, drum shops, are really willing to kind of bend the bounds and test out all the latest and greatest stuff? Well, it helps to have your core <laughs> items. You know what I mean? Bless you. Thank you. I mean, it really helps to have your core items. If we're talking about uh, the Evans heads, G1s, G2s, hydraulics, of course. But I have found uh, that the UV1 series, which we'll probably talk more about later, has really made an impact. And we're hoping that UB2s will, will add on to that to that uh, trend. Uh, with the sticks, the active grip started slow, and I'm seeing that pick up quite a bit, as well as fire grains. Are doing, we're very proud of that line. And we're just trying to be innovative. I mean, it's you know, if you come up with something that's so similar to what you already have, it, it kind of it, you kind of just cancel each other out, you know? Agreed. So if I believe if you're going to release a new product, make sure there's really a need for it in the marketplace, and it's very innovative. And you get behind it, and you get the sampling out, and you get the reviews in, and then you talk about it. 
and, and you say, look, this is a really good product. I think your customers would, would really dig this because you know, let, let's admit it. What's, what's more fun than hanging a drum stuff, sh- drum shop on a Saturday afternoon. I mean, I grew up doing it, you know, it, we do it every to, Saturday. Right. I used to have to take the DC Metro an hour from my house to go to drums and limited, but that's the Maryland. I'd be that kid hanging out there two or three hours on a Saturday, you know? So it's, uh, it's just a good scene, and you just try to make sure on my role, making sure that we're making cool stuff, innovative products that that really set us apart. Which, admittedly, I think you guys have, have done a, a, a very amazing job at that. And that's not to say that the other vendors aren't making innovative products and good quality products either. That's not what this is about. This isn't. I, I want to make sure that I'm I'm very clear that I think the three primary perishable companies are all making great products, especially now with today's technology and today's availability of, of raw materials. I think everybody's game is, has been for lack of a better term, everybody is up to the ante. Uh, I can't tell you how many times people go, well, what's the best drum brand? I'm like, well, that that's a question as to, do you like boxers or briefs? I think, Hmm. You know, we've we've seen such a major shift in quality of materials, quality of production, consistency. I, I think there's just been this overall big push of technology that at every price point, I think everybody's offering something that's going to be good quality. It just has to does it does it resonate with you as a player and does it resonate with what your needs are? For me as a retailer, where I think Evan's really kind of changes all that is that you guys are not afraid to try something that is new like you're yeah there's been some products that are kind of like ah that's interesting but but i think everybody's had those products uh and 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 i'll kind of lean it this way remo at last count has i think 40 40 plus different snare drum heads I look at that and I'm like, the first question would be why? The second question is, how do you keep track? And the final question would be, as a retailer, there's no possible way I could carry all of those drum heads. I don't have the space to stock that many snare drum heads. But with, with what I think Evans does, you guys do have a handful of products. You'll make a derivation of that product that makes sense and not just to meet a trend. And that, I think, is a differentiator. You, know, you, you speak about innovation. You talk about how Dario really focuses on making sure that the brands really bring out innovation, not just line extensions, which is more common than not. I mean, geez, look at the look at the energy drink market. Every company now has 60 different flavors. Are you really bringing out a new product or is it just another line derivation? So for me, I think Evans is making products that make sense for the working drummer. I think those products really are tangible. You can tangibly see, feel, and hear the difference. And and for me, I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. Uh, I know you don't necessarily have a direct hand in manufacturing and, and designing of the products, but as a company, you're part of it, and I'm very grateful for that. 
you make mention of the UV ones and I, and we started messing with those heads last year, I think if that's correct, UV ones were almost two years old or almost three years old now. They're, they're more than two years out at this point. Yeah. So I got my first UV one. I think it was early last year to test out on a snare and I really liked it, but at first it was awkward. I didn't know what to expect. You know, I'm looking at a very simple single ply drum head that has this new coating that I'm going to let you talk about that is also not coated around the bearing edge. So for the listeners that don't know, uh, Evans came out with a drum head called the UV one and it's a very, it's, it's just a straight ahead coated 10 mil head that is designed to be more durable, plays better, plays differently, sounds better, sounds differently than most what I would consider basic coated single ply heads. And it's bomb proof. <laughs> now I, I say that in the same vein of Aquarian in a comparative light, I've always said makes a very durable drum head. And I think overall they use some very heavy duty materials and it takes a lot to wear out an Aquarian head. But I also feel that because of what they do, those heads feel heavy to me under the stick. Whereas comparatively speaking in the UV one, it still feels like a single ply head. It still articulates moves and doesn't feel sluggish underneath my stick. Mm -hmm. With that in mind, can you discuss really some of the, the core principles of the UV one and the, the UV one process that differentiates sure. it from a, a regular G1 coded from Evans? Absolutely. Well, you know, basically, um, we need to remember that we're talking first about synthetic heads, okay? Yep. Uh, um, Chick Evans created the first synthetic head, a drum head, around 1956. And basically, once we made the synthetic head, you have the coding process. So, honestly, synthetic drum heads have essentially been coded by the same process among all brands, across all brands, since the mid 50s. And as you know, the coating adds texture, it adds mass to the drum head, which increases the warmth. And obviously, if you play brushes, it amplifies the sound of the head. You have to have coating on a head to play brushes. But of course, you know, the downside is that the coating's prone to wear and chipping, okay? Mm -hmm. We've all played the house kits at some oh, point. God. You know, it's, um, and of course, when the coating fails, it, you, you lose tone, you lose response. And, you know, yeah, obviously you don't need to change the head. and and I'm kind of a neat freak. I don't know about you, but I, you know, I, I don't like playing old beat up old heads. I just, I don't like it. I feel like I'm just in a junkyard or something sometimes. Um, so remember that coding process has to remain unchanged. Um, basically what happens is in drumhead factories, you put the synthetic, or at this point, it's a clear head on a pie plate that spins. The coating is sprayed on. And then, you know, you, you, you get as even as possible. And Evan, Evans has a very even spraying uh, coating process. And then it's dried, usually in kind of an oven. Okay. Okay. That's the way all coated heads are basically made. So kind uh, of a spray paint, more or less. Yeah, it's just sprayed on there. It's an automated okay. process. So, despite your best efforts, there might be some inconsistencies on the application. Maybe when it dries a little bit. So the UV, the difference between regular coated heads and UV ones, Roger, is that the UV coating is silk screened onto the head. You understand? Wow. It's, it's, yeah, it's silk screen 
which is going to give you an extremely consistent application, a really much better brush sound, enhanced durability, and it looks clean. Okay. Um, now, the UV1 heads, it is a different film than what we have for, say, for example, our, our G1s. Okay. It is a different material. Uh, it's very durable. Sounds really, it's a really nice, big, full, versatile sound. I'll give you a quick anecdote about the durability factor is that right around the time we launched the UV1 heads, we, um, Omar Hakim became an Evans artist. Everybody knows who Omar is. Yep. And he did a performance at the Pearl booth at the NAMM show years ago. And he had um, UV1s all on his kit, on his kit he was playing. Now, Evan, Omar, when he wants to, can be a hard player, right? Yep. And I was able to go see the kit after the performance. I, I did catch it. And I looked at the drum heads, and you didn't see one blemish on them. Mm-hmm. Not one. Even on the snare drum. And I said, wow, these heads really look and sound good. So you have a 10 mil head with a, a, a silk screen applied coating. And then it's UV cured, UV cured or dried for a matter, which gives you even more consistency you know, across the head. So it's been a very successful product for us. I play them. I keep them in my snare. And for any kind of show that might have somewhat lighter playing, I use them on the comms. And it's just been a good, good product. And, of course, guys like you, as soon as we talked about UV1, what did you say? Oh, when are you going to make UV2s? Yep. That was... And, and, you know, the name lends itself right away, right? Yeah. Right now, was, so that, now, let's go... Let's, let's take a step back for just a brief moment. And just comparatively speaking, between a G1-coded and a UV1-coded, before we go too far... Why the opaque or clear edges on the UV-1 by the bearing edge and the counter hoop? I think that that might just be the way the process comes out. But I think it leads to a really nice aesthetic. Would you agree on that? Oh, it's absolutely clean. And I I did think that when you made mention of it being silk screened, to apply that base coat, that makes sense because the template would just drop the head on and screen it and move on. Uh, Mm -hmm. what I found with it is that it allows a little bit of that higher register to just poke through nothing that's that the average player is going to notice, but I can hear it when I do side by sides on the same snare drum, same tunings, you can hear a little bit more of that openness kind of pop through, but still have a lot of control. Mm Um, and with the case of between the two, if you were to say a G1 coded under normal playing, under normal circumstances, lasts X amount of days, weeks, months, would you say that the UV1 process and the silk screening and the UV cooking process lends itself to be 20% more durable? And it's and I'm not sticking you to a number. Right. Maybe maybe more anecdotally, like what have you found before I, I give you my impression? It's so hard when you're talking about a product that human beings interact with, right? Okay. You know, it's not like a hard drive on your computer or it's an electronic. I mean, people play these things. You know, um, it's, 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 I, I, I'm even has to sign a percentage to it. Like you said, you're not holding me to it, but still, if we just know that the, the, the film we're using, the curing process, it lends for a more durable head. Okay. That, that's, and that's really kind of where you're at, you know. It, it's a head that's just more durable for the player. So here's 
with respect to that, here's here's my experience with these heads for the past couple of years being super critical of them. Um, and I'm only and again, I'm using this from personal experience, selling experience experience on the floor, and I'm going to compare it a little bit to what some of the other vendors do. And again, I'm not saying that one is better or worse. I'm just saying these are the things that I notice that I see on a daily basis. So Evans, for clarity, you guys, when Daddario makes drum heads for Evans and the Evans program, you guys are using a variety of different mylars from a lot of different vendors. So your polyester film is coming from different people for different applications. You're not stuck with one vendor. Is that correct? Yes. So you guys are able to fine tune the type of film for the sound or the overall effect or end product a little bit more granular, granularly than other vendors. Would that be a fair statement? We do a lot of R&D. Okay. Before anything comes out. I mean, this is, you know, making a drum head is not just a haphazard, you know, operation. Okay. Because I, because I know with, I know with one vendor in particular, they only buy their film from one company. And it's, it's one, one type of mylar and that helps create their sound and it does create consistency within their sound. I remember years ago when I first got introduced to Evan's Drumheads, and I'm, I'm, I'm new to Evan's Drumheads overall. I mean, I've only been working with Evan's Drumheads now, uh, 20 years, I would say. Yeah. 20 years I've been working, a little less, maybe 18 years I've been working with Evan's Drumheads as far as just playing them and using them and going through the, the, the rigmarole as it were. But I was always told by the person that got me into them, the G1 Clear and the Gennaro Resonant Head are two different films, even though they're both 10 mil. Am I correct in that? My understanding is that would be correct. And, and, the, only, and the thing that I found in a practical application on a day-to-day basis and again, we're gonna. I'm, I'm using this strictly from an anecdotal standpoint. G1s were always a little bit warmer on toms, and the Genera Resonant was a had a little bit more top end, had a little bit more brightness, had a little bit more sustain, and and not dramatically so, but it did lend itself to a little bit brighter note. Is is that kind of where that was all intended? Is that a fair assessment? Or am I just imagining that? Are you talking in relation to the G1 on top, if you're using it as a resonant head? No, no, just, just speaking from a purely resonant standpoint. The G1 as a, as a resonant head and the Genera resonant head, as those two heads, the differences that I found, G1s were always warmer on the bottom, and the resonants always had a little bit higher overall note to them. Oh, I see. I understand. Is that kind what? of what was intended? Is that... Am I actually hearing that, or is that purely just me kind of speculating from what? I think, that, I think that might be some Roger magic. Okay. You know? <laughs> well, and, and I say that because it's just it. I, I I it's I think this industry has a lot of great marketing hyperbole and a lot of I hate saying it, but a lot of propaganda. Yeah. But not a lot of science and not a lot of fact, not a lot of proof. 
um, in relation to the cycling industry where you can have a tangible thing. Hey, if you're currently riding this tire that weighs a thousand grams, you're going to go faster proven and markedly with this tire that weighs 600 grams. Like there are, there are concrete, there are verifiable and quantifiable differences within those products. Yeah. I find that in the, the music industry, specifically with drums, a lot of it is, eh, kind of does this and we, we speculated to do that, but it's really going to be open to your interpretation. If you want to keep it simple, though, if we're looking at a resonant sidehead, Roger, yeah. on the sound spectrum, you could say the Genera resonant is a brighter sounding drum than the G1 reso, as a reso function. Okay. I mean, you know, whether or not everybody can hear the difference right away, we'll see. But I would think if you had to compare side by side, if you're looking for a brighter resonant tone or, an, or a, more like a sustain of it, the, the Genera resonant is a better head to go for on the brighter side. Well, yay me. There that you I'm go. Very, that I'm very glad to hear that because I, I know there are times I'm stuck in my own head and I'm stuck in my own world and I'm, and I'm looking at things from – I try to be as pragmatic as possible, but I just can't. And I'm, and I'm going to circle back to where this is all going in a second. So I, I, it's hard for me because I, I don't have a way to quantify. Like I don't have a way to, to truly mechanically measure these things that I'm experiencing. And that's, and that's where I get stuck sometimes. Because I'm only able to base it on here's my experience. Here's what I feel in my hands. Here's what I hear when I play when I tap it with a stick, when I smack it with a stick, when I touch it with a tuning key, these are the things that I experience. Uh, it's, I love it when people come in and they say within their hands, they can feel a weight difference. Maybe, maybe you could feel a difference if it's half pound to a pound, but gram to gram, no, there's no way. You know, I, I know there's a lot of tech on, you know, a lot of people get super hung up on the weights of sticks. I think there's some validity in that where a lighter stick is going to throw less effectively than a heavier stick. But conversely, a heavier stick is going to be less articulate than a lighter stick. I, I, I get that. But I, I think we get really caught up in these small things that eh, not as important because you're about to beat it. You're going to hit it. It's going to wear out. It's going to it's going to degrade over time. I feel overall side by side, I think Aquarian and Evans make coated heads that are more durable by and large than Remo and Attack. I think the coating on on Evans heads and Aquarian heads far surpasses the durability of of Attack and Remo. From a drummer standpoint from a player standpoint and from a retailer standpoint of changing out heads regularly for clients. Like we work with so many working drummers. We see these heads, we keep them and we, and we go through them. You know, we sit in the back room and kind of go through them and, and we try to look back at our clients purchases. When did they buy this head? How much have they been playing? Like we try to really figure it out. And the thing that frustrates me the most is some players will tear through the coating of a Remo head in a few songs or an hour or two where I don't see that with Evans in particular, nor, nor Aquarian, um, which kudos to you. Cause I know there are players that really care about that. And there's other people that just don't care, but it's, but it's a visual, it's a visual thing that 
or it's a visible characteristic that you can see on a regular basis. So with with my experience with the UV ones, it's just that much better because I have UV ones on my rack tom, my rack toms on my floor toms that I've now been playing for the better part of four months, maybe five months. And we've actually sent that kit out to various gigs. Outside of them being a little bit dirty and the, the texture in the center is a little bit smoother, those heads still play, look, and sound fantastic. I mean, I can't, yeah, like I can't, there's no way I could say anything bad about that. Now, as a drummer, do you, have you noticed anything like that? Have, as a, as, as the rep for these heads, have you noticed dealers saying some of the same things? Well, for one thing, Roger, I will tell you that, that you are definitely a very dialed in drummer and, you know, and customer and tech and feature to your customers because I, I love the fact how how you really get down and down into it to see the differences among the line um you know in the, in this crazy competitive world i think that brick and mortar uh customers like yourself really need to know this stuff inside out because you need to be able to answer almost any question that comes in from your customers am i correct with that absolutely we it's funny that you say that the answer is yes we like people want definitive answers and a lot of times they've already been browsing the web and there's such this cacophonous amount of bad information that when we get to them it's like okay let let's start pulling away some of this fluff let's get some of this bullshit out of the way let's really focus on the truth the truth of the matter let's look at the facts and yes, people want definitive answers. They want that information. Mm-hmm. And that can be difficult because a lot of it is subjective. Yes. Yeah, people hear things differently. People feel things differently. That's what makes the world special, I guess. But you, you look to have some guidance, some kind of guidance to, I mean, look, when you set up to play your drums, you should do the work on the technical aspect of the instruments of the care and maintenance. We all know that. If you if you care about it, you should. Yep. But I think when it comes down to performing or playing, we should be thinking about the music. Hopefully you're no longer thinking about those aspects. It needs to change to what it needs to be. Um, so if you've done your homework on your equipment and you get ready to go, when it's time to really use it for what it's intended for, you should no longer, I, I feel you should no longer be thinking about the gear itself. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. You, you do your, it's much like practice. Practice is what you do at home. Rehearsal is what you do with your band. Exactly. That that way, when you do show up on gig day, you're ready to go. And from, and, and it's funny that you asked that question. When I was a kid playing drums, I really didn't understand the craft of being a drummer. I was like, oh, you just got to have good chops, you got to have good flair, and you got to be able to, to, to play well and get a job. I didn't, I didn't understand a lot of what I didn't know. And then when I quit playing drums for 15 or 16 years or whatever it was and went to the cycling industry, I came back to playing music with a much greater appreciation of the craft and the technical side of it. 
because I had had so much exposure dealing with people's lives. I, mean, I, I hate to make that sound melodramatic, but as a bicycle mechanic, as a team mechanic, as a as a product developer, we're literally taking people's lives into our hands when we're creating these products and repairing these bikes. That gave me a completely different perspective on on the drum craft. And I do believe that all your prep makes your gig go that much smoother. You don't want to, you don't want to sit down at your drum kit on a gig and, ah, crap, I forgot to tune my drums or, oh crap, my pedal just fell apart or, oh crap, my cymbal boom arm just snapped in half. Like that's, that shouldn't be part of the equation. That's done beforehand. But I can't tell you how many times and, and, this goes back to being prepared. I watch a drummer come off stage and grab his double pedals by the drivetrain. And that comes from the lack of education that's out in the marketplace. That's the lack of education that a, a retailer didn't give to that client. Like we have kids bringing their drum pedals in for repair all the time, grabbing them by the drivetrain. I'm like, what in the hell are you doing? Oh, I didn't know that was bad. Of course not. But we do talk about those things. So much like when we're talking about drum heads with clients, we do a lot of fact finding first to make their job better. You know, we don't we don't arbitrarily just say, oh, just put this drum head on. It's going to sound great. Tell us more about what your sound is so they can worry less on the job and play more. When you're. So when you're selling to, to your customers, uh, we retailers, do you spend a lot of time kind of customizing each of those orders for, for them? Or is it they start to get pretty normal? Oh, they're going to do G1s, G2s, EC2s, Black Roams, that sort of thing. Or do you find that there are retailers that do take some time to, to carefully craft to their clientele and the things that they believe in. Mm -hmm. Well, my role is to make sure that you are provided what you need, but also of course that you know what's coming out. You're aware of what's coming out on the marketplace. And we might have a product in our catalog that we've had for a number of years, Roger, that you might not even know about. Mm -hmm. I would it's absolutely role, agree. You know, it's my role to make sure that on behalf of the end user, which is your customer, through your channel, you are aware of what we offer. And you know, so you can make the call as to whether you could benefit. And it's my role to make sure that you, and when I say you, I mean you know, my customers in general, yeah. understand, understand the features and benefits of the product, why we feel it plays a role in the marketplace, and how their customers can benefit from it. That that is my you know, my job is to represent the company and what we're coming out with and how it how it helps our industry in terms of providing the accessories that musicians crave, whether it be the reeds, the heads, the strings or whatever it might be. But retailers come in all shapes and sizes. Which now goes back to our first conversation of the UV1s. Now you guys are about to release the UV2s. That's right. So. We know that the UV1 is super durable as a single ply as a 10 mil. 
has this amazing process to make the drum head that much more durable and just that much just overall better, better, better. The UV2 is now going to be, and this is where you get to fill in the blanks. Tell us about the UV2 that's coming out. It, 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 you said it's the end of this month? It'll be available at the at November 1st, I believe. Okay. So tell us a little about the, the UV2 and what... I'm assuming the impetus was we did the one, the two was always in the works or it was never in the works. Maybe give a little bit of background on all that. Well, you know, you have to remember, and I want to back up just for a second here. Sure. To remember that we offer the UV treatment process also on a series of bass drum heads, which you know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what, uh, on the EMAD series, a very popular EMAD series with the out- external muffling system. We also offer the UV coating on a hydraulic, a red hydraulic snare drum head, which I don't know if you tried that yet, Roger, but that thing is a beast. Yeah, we, uh, you sent me one, and it's a clear UV UV one process. Uh, I played it for I played it for probably a week, and then I flipped it to somebody else, and they really liked it on their particular drum. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a heavier hitter, and he's just been beating the bejesus out of it. And the last time I talked to him, he says he really likes it's just durability and just the way it's giving his drum the sound that he was looking for. Yeah. You're combining the hydraulic oil filled two ply head with the added consistency and durability of the UV coating. So with that head, I would just tell your drummers out there who might not know it's got such a wide tuning range story. You can make it, you know, as fat as you want to sound like Don Henley in the seventies, that big Eagle 70 snare mm-hmm. or crank it up to where a rim shot's going to take your head off, you know? It's got such a wide range of tensioning. Um, but we're happy to introduce UV2 heads, which obviously is an expansion of the patented UV cure coating mm-hmm. that we're using um, on the UV1s. Now we have a two-ply format. And like I said, it's available November 1. Um, and basically, it's uh, two plies of extremely durable 7 mil film. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be slightly punchier than the G2 heads, oh, but got that same depth and attack that you would expect from a two-ply head. And obviously, the UV cure coating is going to give you a lot of durability and the consistency of the texture. So there you go. You got that super tough film, prevents premature denting and breakage. Uh, and obviously, our level 360, which uh, we might want to talk about a little bit, you know, is going to give you the, the best tuning range on the, on the drum. So it's... Um, it's going to be quite, quite a, I mean, I'm very excited about the launch and I was happy to tell you that um, even just Friday night, I was able to get an early set and use them on my gig. Well, and, do tell. Yeah. Well, I um, just, so, you know, come out with the schematics of it all. I own a mid nineties Yamaha recording custom. They're my babies. Awesome. That's a, um, a seven and a half by 10, I believe an eight by 12. Because I'm old school, I do the uh, depth first before the diameter. Are we on the same page? I'm a couple of our builders do it, and it throws me off every time. Yeah, I still go diameter then depth. All right, well, okay, 10, 12 on top. Fair enough. Yep, yep. And and then a 14 by 14 floor. That's oh, nice. where we're. Um, I'm a big fan of the EC resident heads. Oh really? Yeah, I love them. They they really provide a good fundamental. And if uh, if you're tuning slightly off, they can help center the sound a little bit. I don't know if you're familiar, but we got to get you trying those out too. 
So I was able to try out a set of uh, 10, 12, and 14-inch UV2s. And the first thing I noticed about them is just how quickly they tune up. And I basically, you know, in my living room, I just take off the top heads with a drill bit, uh, finger tighten them, and then just kind of dial them in maybe a quarter turn each one. And I was amazed at how quickly they became even. I mean, we're talking just, you know, no sticks, just my fingers on the rim, old school style. Wow. So I just left them in the house, and then I took them to the show. And so it was a bright room, no need for microphones for this particular venue. And the the ease of getting the intervals between them or among the three drums was really good. It wasn't a lot of – it probably took me 30 to 45 seconds to dial each one up to get them where they sounded good to me. A very round sound. And this was not a venue where I need to hit it hard, okay? These heads, these heads are really good for rock, metal, fusion, R&B genres, slightly heavier hitters. Okay. But it just had a very focused and controlled tone. You could really differentiate one drum to the other. And I'm very happy. And I'm looking forward to using them uh, you know, the very next time I can. So... I think it's going to be a very successful launch for us. I think it's going to make drummers excited. They look fantastic. It has our new branding with the logo on there. Obviously, it says Evans UV2. Yep. And once again, the coating ends at the rim, so you get a really nice, clean aesthetic. And, of course, you're a little more resonance freely on the head, on, you know, on the shell. So there you go. I'm, I can't tell you – I. When you sent, when you guys sent me the UV2 to test on my snare, I was really impressed with its durability and its overall feel. It didn't feel sluggish. Uh, admittedly, on snare drums, though, I, I, I still have a hard time with two ply heads on snares, personally, uh, mm-hmm. in the way that I tune and, the, and what I want to hear out of snare drums. Um, but I did, I absolutely played the crap out of it. Uh, I then turned it over to another giggy musician who plays about as much as I do on a given week. So two to three nights a week, if not more. Uh, He beat the crap out of it. And I think he passed it on to one of his students. And I haven't heard back from there. But that's that to me is a true testament. I'm not a big fan of taking heads and swapping them onto different drums because of bearing edge issues. But in this particular case with the snare, I don't think it's as critical as it would be on a tom. But to know that it's already been handed down to a third person and it, and I haven't heard any complaints or any issues, that speaks volumes. But the second I tuned that drum head up on that snare, I'm like, this is going to be an amazing tom head. Mm-hmm. So I'm I've been patiently waiting. Well, you're about to get rewarded. Yeah, because it's I mean, it's time, you know, it's, we've got a few different we've got a couple different drum sets on the floor that I'd like to hear those those heads on just as kind of a quick test. So I'm trying to decide I, I will most likely do a product video on those following this podcast is kind of a little bit of extra information um, mm-hmm. and it might tie itself into some of the other product videos that we've got coming up and some of the tech and tech tips that are, that are pending. But I admittedly, I'm, this is a drum head. I'm, I've been very patiently awaiting. 
and I'm really excited about it. And we're excited too. Now this, unfortunately, this is also going to lend me to, to ask the question, if the UV process is so good, why isn't it being used across the board in Evan's products? That's the, that's the good question, isn't it? <laughs> All right. I think, I mean, I'm going to see, we don't know how it's going to play out, okay? Mm -hmm. I mean, like I said, the, the coding process up until now has been the same since the 50s. Right. And, and there is a big, large support for the coded heads that are already on the market, whether it be us or other, other uh, brands out there, okay? Yep. Um, but if the technology, whether or not this technology takes over the rest of the lines, I don't want to mention, I don't know right now. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, we're just trying to provide a real differentiation between the UVs versus other lines. Okay. Um, you know, it, we, we love the film we're using with it, the look of it. It's a, a technological innovation. What's going to happen down the line? I'm, I don't know. That's, that is a that's far fine. better statement. <laughs> well, and I'll and I'll give you a great example of, of why that that is a better statement than others. A uh, few years ago, uh, I'd say six or seven years ago, maybe. Mapex released the new Sonic Clear Bearing Edge on. I want to say at the time it was the release of the Armory, or maybe it was on the then Mars kit. Regardless of the model. They they pitched it as an easy way to make your drums sound good quickly. And my question to him was, I said, so what you're telling me is that our client that's going to purchase an armory kit, which is a less than thousand dollar shell pack, their drums are going to sound better out of the box than the seventeen hundred and twenty four hundred dollar Saturns. And literally the the he looked at me as if I just pooped in his Cheerios because how could I, how could I ask a question that seems so obvious? Well, when you look at what the Sonic clear bearing edge is, it's just a rolled over rounded bearing edge just so there's more contact on the head because they, and then, and unfortunately me being the conspirator, the conspiracy theorist that I am, it's primarily because they, OEM Remo heads and Remo heads have a more gradual arc from the playing surface to the counter hoop. And that rolled over bearing edge fits better in there. So it's faster with less effort. And I could be wrong, but when I look at the, when I look at the design and the layout and the mating of the two surfaces, that just makes sense to me as the idea. Um, but I think now they've they've implemented Sonic Clear across the board on all the shells. I think I'm, I'm not a Mapex dealer. I don't know anymore, um, which is why the question of if the UV coating process is so good, is it going to be moving forward into other pro into the other product lines? Not necessarily the film, but the coating process. Mm -hmm. So to say that you don't know is a much, much better answer and to not be able to predict the future is also a better answer. So I appreciate that. But if, if something's determined, Roger, you know, you'll be the first to know. <laughs> I'll be the first one's beating down everybody's door like it usually is. <laughs> so you guys, you guys are now the providers of and the purveyors of, and we'll run down the line again, 
Evans Drumheads, Promark Drumsticks, Pure Sound Wires, Real Feel Practice Pads, and I think, again, the best cable made, and that's the American stage. When you guys acquired Pure Sound, the impetus was always to get it moved from, what was it? It was in Southern California at the time, I think. And then you guys had to move it to NY, to New York. Yes. So did you, so there was obviously a reason why you wanted the Pure Sound brand, but when you got it to New York with your capabilities in-house with all the string technology that you guys use, have you improved Pure Sound wires? Have you done anything different? Has there been any changes or have they been relatively left untouched just now they're in-house? Well, the, the biggest stride we made with the Pure Sound line, Roger, was probably the creation of the Custom Pro series. You're familiar with that line, aren't you? Oh, yeah. I mean, that, you know, a big reason I feel that most drummers don't change their wires with more regularity is that it can be a pain in the neck to change them. Yeah. You know? Um, so what we wanted to do was allow the drummer a very simple, quick way to change their wires or, even more importantly, change your bottom snare head, which does wear out faster than people think. Yep. People think bottom head because you're not hitting with a stick. You never have to worry about it. Well, that nothing could be further from the truth, especially a snare side head, because every time you hit that snare batter, those wires are snapping back and banging to the, to the snare side head. Okay, so stop right there. Okay. I want you to repeat that again, because I tell people that on a regular basis. So I'd like to hear it from the horse's mouth Please repeat that about resonant heads. The, the, the perception might be for a resonant head is that because you're not hitting it with a stick, the heads remain exactly the same in terms of their durability, elasticity over the course of you know, whatever time you want. That is not the case. You're talking about air rushing through, the film wears out, it loses its tuning, and it does affect your sound. And this is much more prevalent in a snare side head because those wires are stretched across the head at a, at a high tension amount. And every time you hit that snare batter, those wires are snapping back onto that head. And also, as you know, a snare side head is a much thinner film than almost basically every other head on your kit. Yep. So I change my snare side heads with a lot of regularity. Even though they're durable, they sound great, you kind of want to beat it to punch forgive the pun you know punching the head <laughs> just, just want to remain that fresh sound and i i know that uh back when i was working in retail in the stores if you tech for a guy's kit and i'm sure maybe you've seen many eyebrows go up when you change the bottom heads on a kit and even leave the top ones alone isn't there a noticeable difference absolutely i i stand on my head all the time and, and there's a few things that I've learned over the years, much like you, that are instant. They're instant identifiers as to what the problem is. When you hear the same kind of complaint, you know exactly what it is. Hey, my drums just don't have the same life in them. Well, have you changed the resonant heads out lately? No, I still have the factory heads on it. How long have you owned the kit? Two years. The first words out of my mouth are replace the resonant heads. Well, what about the batter heads? We'll get to that. But invariably, they've never, never replaced the Rezo heads since the time they bought the kit. 
which blows my mind. But it's it goes back to that lack of knowledge, that lack of information, that lack of education that should be being spoken about um, as a player. Before putting UV ones on my on my kit, I was changing out my Tom my Tom batter heads, and, and I'll use this as a as a peak reference. My gigs are between three and four hours long, and at one point I was playing as much as five to six nights a week. So I was changing out snare batter heads every week. I was changing out Tom batter heads probably every tenth tenth gig, and my Rezo heads I'd change out every twentieth gig. Just because they were just getting used and abused. Now I'm mm -hmm. not saying that I'm not saying that I can truly hear or feel a difference, but in my head I could hear and feel a difference, and that was its placebo effect. Now, without being able to quantify how much a drumhead wears out or how much I'm really affecting it, I can't I can't state in a factual term or a quantifiable term, but every time we have a, a drum that comes in, the first thing I do is flip it over and look at the Rezo head. Mm -hmm. So yes, every single time there's a noticeable difference. And, and even, and to me, there's even a noticeable difference between a, a crimp lock head that's brand new and a, uh, epoxy counter hooped head. There's a dramatic difference. I think, the crimp lock heads have a much brighter note where the epoxy heads are a little bit warmer. And for those that, for those listeners that don't know what I'm speaking of, an affordable head or a marching head is done in a crimp lock fashion where the mylar is rolled into this channel and then it's just crimped over and locked into place, creating a mechanical lock where a standard head has a U styled channel. The head is placed inside of it and it's epoxy bound and cooked. Would that be a fair, fair kind of simplified analysis, Davis? I think so. Yeah, I think so. You, I mean, this is, you, you know this stuff very well, Roger. I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> well, that's, and, and that's where I've seen the biggest difference. You know, I know there's a drum bender out there that swears up and down that crimp lock heads are the way to go. I don't like the way they fit in traditional triple flange or die cast hoops. I don't like the way they tune. I just, there's something about them that's just wrong. And, 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 and again, just in drummers that I've watched that have switched over to a crimp lock head, you can hear the tonal difference in their drums. They sound brighter. They sound more mechanical, more Timbali-like almost. And, and it could be their tuning. It could be any number of things, but that's just what I hear. Um, so to, to answer your question, yes, changing the Rezo heads instantly makes a drum better. Now, Big support. Big support. So, you, so you say you're using the EC Rezo heads. Yes. Uh, can you tell people what the EC technology is and a little bit of where it came from, from its original aluminum beginnings to where it's at now? maybe clarify a little bit of that about the EC series heads, both batter and rezzo. Sure. Well, I'd probably say in the mid nineties or so, uh, maybe late nineties, late nineties, early two thousands. 
um, the Evans line did come out with a line of EC2 uh, heads, and EC stands for edge control. And for those who know, you might remember that you know thin aluminum ring, the one around the circumference of the head, yep. provides a little bit of dampening. Okay, and that worked very well. Those were really good sounding heads. But we were finding at the time, Roger, is that you have to remember that that aluminum was all coming from the same aluminum. Okay, the same thickness, the same material. Okay. So it might not have been, it might have been too light for a larger head, maybe too heavy for a smaller head. So what we did was we developed a technology of basically uh, spraying or like an inkjet infusion of a dampening material on the underside of the drum head that can be calibrated to the proper um, diameter of that size to tone it the right way. Okay. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah. Does that come yeah. Right way? So, so you're able to kind of fine tune and maybe create a more EQ'd note out of that drum head. Exactly. Okay. You know, and, that's why, and that's why with the part numbers might reflect EC2S with the S standing for, you know, sound like, um, um, EC2S sound control or sound shaping. Okay. Okay. So basically, you know, that built-in EC ring on the bottom, it kind of delivers a pre-EQ'd sound to accentuate the mids and the lows. Okay. okay. So obviously that off that line is offered in a clear Tom batter model. This mm-hmm. is for the, the top heads down. Okay. But then, the batters. but then once again, getting, getting back to coating, if you would like the little bit of the texture or the warmth the coating provides, there is a frosted model. The reason we say frosted, not coated is that people like to see that ring on the underside. Mm-hmm. So we really use the same coating process without the white pigment added. So it's a clear coating where you can definitely see that it is an EC2 head. Once again, pre-EQ, okay? Okay. So with the, and the same, um, you know, philosophy applies to the EC resonance, which again is, is my personally preferred one. Uh, it's a single ply head with the same treatment on the side, and it really offers a more center pitch uh, when you hit that drum. Okay. It, much more, and it, like I said, it can it can help correct some tuning inconsistencies, which can happen. It helps to help. It just helps to dial it in. It's it's just the bottom head that I like these days. Huh. If you haven't tried them, I want you to give them a shot. Well, I mean, I've got to replace all the drum heads on my kit as it is, so I'll probably just do an A B. I'll try them with the Rezo heads that are on there now. You know, I'll try the UV twos when I get those on there. Play those for a few gigs, and then I'll put the EC Rezos on it. And see the difference. Because one of the things that I've noticed, I think people, and again, I, th- I think it just goes back to lack of knowledge and lack of information. I think people don't pay attention to the tuning of their resonant heads as much as they should. And as a result, I think they're missing out on some really big quality features of their particular drum. Mm hmm. Uh, I spend a lot of time, we sell a lot of the Rezo 7s because they solve a lot of issues for drummers with certain styles of kits. Uh, Admittedly, I have not tried the EC Rezo, but I'm now curious. We do do a lot of the G1s and Genera Resonance for obvious reasons. But going back to... uh, but going back into snares, it's interesting that you say that you change your snare side head out pretty regularly because a lot of people just 
don't. And do you find, like we see most people swapping out their snare rezzo head when the snare hoop is almost in contact with the bearing edge. Yeah, you almost flush together, right? Yeah, almost flush. And by then, I think it's just too late. With going back to how that affects wires and why the custom pros were such a powerful thing, because you've got that quick release cotter pin. I think that's a fantastic thing. Um, have, are you finding that as a result, drummers are now wanting to change their snare side heads more regularly if they're custom pro users? Or do you think that concept has just started to translate into more people or based on your experience, more people are changing out their snare side heads more regularly? I, I see that, that I think that people are changing their snare heads on the bottom. I think that the words out, what a difference it makes. I really do. Um, we'll, we'll look at it this way. How many different models of snare batters are there in the market? A lot. God. How, how many how many snare side heads are on the market not as many oh gosh no well okay. you guys offer you guys offer three for drum set right hazy three fives and sevens uh, or no, two, two threes uh, and fives hazy two hazy three and then a clear five yeah okay clear five. and you know most people go with the 30 it seems to be yep. the most for people, simple one to understand but if you make if you provide the customer or the drummer with a way to where they can change their snare wires without it being an all-day affair, which you know can happen, um, they're going to make it easier. It's something you know people can be like, it's just not worth the trouble. But with the Custom Pro, with the cotter pin, where instead of having to remove the straps from the snare uh, drop and the butt plate, you know those can stay in place and just remove the wires themselves to either put another set on there when the wires were out. Or like we talked about changing your snare side head, it's just a very easy process. So, very, since, yes. so is the is that quick release going to start making its way into other models as well, or is it really just going to stay on the custom pros and the custom or the custom pros in particular as just kind of that feature? Well, people need to remember that the custom pros, even the wires themselves, are unique with those raised butt plates on the ends. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, what the butt plate does, it gets that mass of where the wires are soldered to the end plate off the drum. Okay. Because when you tighten your snares, the entire, you know, the end plates and the wires are both being pressed tighter into the, the drum head. Correct. So you're pressing that extra mass of the soldering point, then you might get into a choking issue. Okay. okay. With the, I mean, not all, but it can happen. So the butt plates, by just raising the ends off a hair, I know it can be hard to, you know, talk about this on, on, a, on a podcast or where it's no visual. You just get a little more resonance of those drum store. You can continue to tighten the snares without choking them. And then, of course, that allows that position where the cotter pin loop has an easier time fitting into the end plate. Okay. So understand that for the most part, you would need to use the Custom Pro wires to be able to use the function of the removable cotter pin. Which, so <laughs> now we're gonna, now we're gonna kind of, we're not necessarily gonna do a true deep dive into this, but we're gonna, we're gonna kind of touch on it. 
Um, and I'd like to get your your input on on two separate issues. Uh, stepping back to the ECs for just a split second. Do you you use the term dampening? Is do you find that people are using that word interchangeably with damping and dampening being considered the same thing, even though they are quite, quite different terminologies? And does as a company for Evans, are you guys using the term damping or dampening? Well, maybe I misspoke because I don't think we use either word. Okay. So let's be fair with that one. Okay. I'm, cool. I'm, I'm just thinking of, of when you talk about the EC, Roger, of just, just control. That EQ is probably the better term of that. That edge control is the better. I mean, damping, they're dampening, there are other products in the market to do that. And we know what we're talking about. Okay. Cool. And, and I say that because in, in, in terms of mechanical, motor vehicle, race, cycling, we use the term damping, to slow, to control, where I just, I, I just wanted to make sure that I was hearing the same thing the way that it was intended so that I, I don't misspeak moving forward. Because sure. I, I we've had products sent to us from vendors that use the term dampening. And unfortunately, because of my, my type A side of it, it immediately goes into, we're never going to sell it. Because mm. they've already used the wrong term on their own product. Because the product's not making anything wet. Right. So I, 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 I that's, and I'm not saying that you're wrong or I'm wrong or I'm right or wrong. It's, I just want to make sure that I have a clear story to tell when I speak of Evans. And since control is more important than damping or dampening, that helps. I, I would think dark versus bright might be a healthier way to interpret a headline. Okay. That works. As, I like that. You know, you know, because if you're looking at, for example, Tom Batters, uh -huh. you have a thing as dark sounding as a hydraulic, which we all know and love. Yep. All the way up to all the way up to a G1. And which is brighter and more dope. open. Yeah. You know, it all depends on the sound you're looking for. And also, do you find let me ask you a question. Do you find that you might recommend a guy with uh, we'll say three or four toms in his kit? Is there a rule they need to be all the same model or can you just mix up whatever you want? Have one kind of head on the 10. Another kind in the 12, another kind in the 15. You find that that's happening? It hasn't started happening here. Where people have been experimenting is they've been adding, let's say, a black chrome or an onyx to their floor tom. Okay. Where they're, where they're really trying to get a heavier bottom end. Uh, I, and, and I understand the direction of the question that you're asking, and I guess I could answer it thusly. Because when we, as a shop, when we recommend drum heads to people, Regardless of the vendor, we first look at the drum shell, the thickness, the bearing edge, and the material. We look at their hoop. We look at what type of tuning they like and what the application. So what kind of sound are they trying for? Because all of those individual factors go up to help create the sound out of that drum. I also, I, 
also don't believe. I, well, let me go back. I believe that thicker shells have more projection, thinner shells have more body. So in the case of a kit that's all six ply or all four plies or all eight plies on the toms are all going to require a different drum head. Meaning if it's a four ply shell, that means it's going to have a lot of body, a lot of bottom end. I'm going to put a brighter head on it to give it a little bit more life and sustain. Where if it's a thicker shell from a thicker vendor or a, a different vendor, I'm going to probably put a thicker, heavier head on it to pull that projection in and get a little bit more body out of it because those thicker shells don't have as wide of a tuning range. And they're really kind of one dimensional in my, in my opinion. It's not that they're bad. I think they just don't have as much flexibility. So I'm going to, I'm going to lean more towards a thicker head. Um, but since drum technology now is starting to change the plywood makeup of, of the shells, the construction. Okay. <laughs> um, and different sizes and different plies and different bearing edges. I think that trend is going to happen. I think that's going to be something that we see. Uh, Annika Nillis is notorious for it. She's using a variety of heads on she her drum kit. Yeah. Um, I, I think, and, and she's been one to really kind of bend, kind of bend the curve a little bit more on trying things because she's really had no obligation to anybody. You know, let's try this. Let's see if this works. Let's see what this sound goes for. And I think because she controls her own music the way she does her, I think it's what her and her brother. Uh, I, I think they know the sounds that they're going for and she's willing to do whatever it takes to get there. Uh, I do, I do see the future that people start playing with that. You know, DW's got graduated triple flanged hoops on their drums, 1.8s, 2.3s, and 3.0s, depending upon the size of the drum. Reference kits uh, and more and more kits, the Phoenix, all have varying degrees of plies, thickness, and materials. So yeah, I think that's something to experiment with, um, but who knows where that's going to go. Mm -hmm. But we haven't seen it as a trend here yet. Okay. Well, um, you know, there, that's that's isn't that kind of the beauty of our instrument too? I yes. <laughs> as as much as we'd like to say there should be some standardiza standardization and some rules, I think that's also what makes it so free form and so free fun that there really aren't. I mean, let's be truthful that the American or the drum set as we know it today is it's it's just now maybe a hundred years old. Getting there, yeah, we're on the precipice. I mean, we're barely a century old, and we still don't know everything. So I think there's going to be a lot of room for development. I just don't think any, I don't think any drum manufacturer right now is doing anything that's truly innovative. I mean, it's a wooden tube. What are you going to really do? Okay, so we're going to change the plies, we're going to change the thickness, we might change this or that, but there's no true innovative technology that's going to do this miracle thing that at the end of the day, makes a drummer play better. I do think contact points, drumsticks, drumheads, pedals, thrones, I think areas where the human is in contact with the instrument is going to be the greater kind of crux of making those improvements. I just don't, I don't know how that's gonna go about yet. Uh, so rounding this back to snare side heads and snare wires, 
with the contact of the wires, and we start talking about people tuning their snare side heads and all these different philosophies and theories, with wires, does pure sound have a philosophy of the number of wires or the type of wire used on a particular drum? And by that, I mean, we try to steer people away from using, say, the Super 30s on piccolos, fives, or even six-inch drums. We tend to put people into 30s when they get to the seven-inch, eight-inch. Is there kind of a philosophy that Pure Sound has, or does it really matter? I don't think it does. The the bottom line is the, the, the more wires you have, the more snare sound you have, the fewer wires, the more the shell plays a role in the sound. That's okay. that's it. Okay. You know? I mean, I listen. I mean, people find that 20s and 16s are kind of oh, 20s and 24 wires probably the most it's the most sensible way to dial in a simple sound on a five or a five and a half or a six. Mm-hmm. Five, taking a five inch drum, five and a half, six and a half, whatever it might be. Um, you know, you have to have the variety out there. I mean, Tony Williams was playing, what, 42s? Yeah. <laughs> but then again, he was playing a much deeper drum. So and I he was Tony what, Williams. Yeah, I wonder what Super 30 sound would sound like on a 4x14. Holy cow. Well, oddly enough, we do have a 4x14 in the shop from Dallas Drum. Uh, and we have Super 30 wires, so we could test it and find out. Okay. Just a Sample nice maple that. shell. Sample that sucker, right? Yeah. We... It's challenging because we there's such a proliferation of what I deem, and again, it's my opinion, what I deem is just internet experts that have no expertise whatsoever. And they've proliferated horrible advice to an unsuspecting audience that now is depending less and less on retailers and more and more on public opinion and review. And I think that's making it more challenging to steer through the muck to get to a more consistent end result. When you guys are when you guys are looking at product innovation, are you guys trying to sift through that sea of muck, or are you guys going off of consumer input, artist input, uh, insider like? inside the staff are you guys where are you guys coming up with this next level of innovation yes that's my answer yes okay cool (laughs) it's funny you mentioned that roger about information or misinformation um i'm not i'm proud to tell you before i wrap it up here is that dario just this past week did launch a brand new website for all of our brands I saw that. And it's beautiful. It looks, it looks good. Yeah, it looks it looks beautiful. It's it's whether you need information on the guitar strings, or for the sake of our conversation, the Evans drum headline. It's laid out in a, such an attractive way, and like I said, you can find uh, what we deem the darker versus the brighter sounding features, the benefits, the line information you need, and all you need to do is go to dadario.com. D a d d a r i o dot com. And right there at the top menu, you can choose the brand you want to explore. Just hit the percussion tab, and that'll drop down for Evans, uh, the Real Feel line, Promark, and Pearson all once on time. So, anyone listening, if you want to check out more of what we offer, and you know, 
our whole product line is right there for you to browse through. It's really good. And, and, and basically, you're getting the proper information there. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think that's that's super helpful. Yep. Uh, I know I know you're kind of short on time today. It is a Sunday, and I do really appreciate your time today. Uh, Davis, man, thank you so much for everything that you do for us as a retailer and as a store and everything that Didario does for its players and musicians all over the world. Um, and we hope that we can snag you again in the future to talk a little bit more maybe about Promark sticks and maybe the real field pads and some other things that, that are coming down the pike in the, in the coming months. My pleasure, man. Well, go do your day, go enjoy your Sunday, uh, best to your family. And, uh, thanks for being on too stupid to know. I can't. And we look forward to seeing and playing with the new UV twos when they hit the store. I'm curious for your feedback on them. I really am. We're very excited about it. We really are. Well, I appreciate it and have a wonderful day, sir. Thank you, Roger. Take care. There's a light that shines off in the distance. We may never know of its name. Where wealth is not measured in substance. And pleasure's not writhing in pain. Your promise has led me to ruin. Your kiss foretold of my grave And I'll gladly embrace the destruction And drink the remains of the days And as you go to sleep tonight There's no need for a guiding light I've got the whole world left to roam And I'm not coming home